0: This is the Remarkable Business Show on Remarkable.fm. I'm John Moss, and this is episode 5. It's all about tasty, nutritious food. Mmm.
1: Cyclist, skier, international fugitive, and all round curious guy. Here's the latest edition of the Remarkable Business Show with your host, John Moss.
0: Hello and welcome to the show. We now have approaching 1,300 downloads for the episode so far, so thank you very much for listening. Can you believe it's July already, mid-July? My word time is flying at quite a staggering pace. So the question for you is, how is your year going? I've started to keep track of a few things by doing a weekly review and a quarterly review. Now, some of you may do this already, but it's something I've never really done, but it's paying dividends and I'm really enjoying it. So I thought I'd just tell you a little bit about it. Now, these don't have to be a huge deal, especially the weekly one. So how do I do this? I've got a recurring task in my to-do app, which reminds me every Friday afternoon to look at the following things. How did the week go? Did I meet the right people? Did I focus on moving forward in my chosen projects? Did I make time for my partner, my friends, my projects? Did I make time for myself? Now that could be health, learning, exercise, fun, catching up with someone. So remember, do provide your highest point of contribution to your business and others. You do need to be in a good place yourself. What did I achieve and can be proud of is another thing I always think about. And also, did I do something stupid or downright bad? And importantly, what must I do to learn from this and avoid it happening again? I also look at what do I need to tweak and improve and last of all how's next week looking and in particular have I got some breathing room now breathing room deep breath this is something I've learned from Sean Blanc and he calls this margin I'm delighted that Sean and I caught up a few weeks ago and he's going to be on a future episode so watch this space so this breathing rooms incredibly important because without it you can really struggle. So when something unexpected happens and you haven't got that margin or breathing room, it really starts to become quite stressful. Now the quarterly review is similar but looks more long-term at goals and also the things that went well plus the stuff that I need to change or completely get rid of. If you don't do this, you can bumble along doing the same old thing. And before you know it, another six months goes by and you've not improved anything, which is not great. So being conscious of what you do, how you do it, and importantly, who you do it with is essential for not only your personal life, but also your business life as well. Now, I made a huge change in my life just over a year ago. I was deeply unhappy and to be honest, not in a great place. But from the moment I decided to make a change, I've not looked back, not once, and it's in fact the best decision I've ever made. It takes courage, but man, making that big change in your life makes all the difference. We do not have infinite time in our lives. The clock is ticking, sadly. So you need to make the most of every day. And this brings me on to this episode's quote, which fits perfectly here. Your time is limited, so don't waste it living someone else's life. Don't be trapped by dogma, which is living with the results of other people's thinking. Don't let the noise of others' opinions drown out your inner voice. And most important, have the courage to follow your heart and your intuition. Now, some of you may have already heard this before, and it's by the legend Steve Jobs. Good old Steve, what an amazing guy. It brings me nicely on to something that you've probably been using today, you might be using right now, and certainly something I've got right in front of me. In fact, I've got two of the damn things, and that's the smartphone. Steve stood up on January the 9th, 2007, and showed the world what Apple had been working on. Of course, I'm talking about the iPhone. It went on sale in the US on June the 29th that year, and it changed our world and our lives. So 10 years of the iPhone and the start of a revolution. I'm convinced that no other tech product in history has had such a profound effect on how we go about our daily lives. Let's face it, we are addicted to these things. So how did it do this? Well there's a few things to consider and these are the things that have just changed beyond our wildest dreams. It gave us the internet in our pockets and you know the internet's been pretty successful hasn't it? It suddenly enabled us to start taking a whole heap more photos. So to this day the most popular camera on Flickr are iPhones and the photography suddenly got so much easier and more convenient and now Apple as well as the other major smartphone players they focus a lot of the engineering and marketing effort on the quality of the cameras in these devices, the lenses, the image stabilization, and a whole raft of other stuff. It's a really big selling point, and the thing that always gets upgraded every time a new version is released. You also then need to consider the App Store. This revolutionized how software was created, and distributed, and solved. Also the iPhone accelerated and made possible apps like Uber, Instagram, Snapchat and of course Facebook which is mostly used on mobiles. Smartphones are used everywhere and we still have many developing countries who've not really started this journey yet. Then you also have the success of Apple itself. Check this out for some stat. Apple's 2016 revenue came 63% from the iPhone so a not too shabby $216 billion. Oh my God. The iPhone also caused the growth of companies like Samsung, OnePlus, and also helped Google grow, of course, with their Android platform, but it also killed companies like Nokia and BlackBerry. It's also meant that some people are literally glued to their phone. We all know who you are and cannot go a minute without looking at them. They are addictive. So turn off those pesky notifications for God's sake. It's astonishing really just how big the smartphone has become. So it leads me on to the question, is this going to continue? Are we going to see a radical change to the iPhone or indeed any smartphone this year? And this year we've got the 10th anniversary of the iPhone and we've got loads and loads of rumours. So it could have a curved screen, an edge to edge screen, an OLED screen. Is the Touch ID going to be discontinued and we're going to have a facial recognition system? Is it going to have some sort of VR built in? Yeah, there's a lot of people talking about this. So inside the actual device, it's expected to have a new A11 chip. So that's going to be faster, more efficient. Plus, rumours are suggesting that we're going to get induction-based wireless charging. Now, this is something I really would like. My battery life's fine for what I do, so I'm never running out on a daily basis. But I'd love to get rid of the hassle of the actual wired charging. So something where I can just pop the iPhone on my desk and charge um, without having to plug it in. Big thumbs up from me. Now, in higher-end models, with a dual-lens camera, that's supposed to be coming. Both lenses are expected to feature optical image stabilisation. Now, I use the iPhone a lot for photography, but I'm not that fussed. If it's easy, simple to use, produces great pictures, fantastic. So the iPhone's front-facing camera, apparently this may include some sort of advanced 3D sensing capability. So that sounds pretty cool. Now, Rene Ritchie over at iMore has the best thoughts on all of this, though. So imagine a future iPhone where authentication is ambient and perpetual, not requiring a specific fingerprint or biometric challenge response, but continuously grabbing snippets of biometric and other data. And imagine it would use that data to maintain a state of trust where your iPhone is simply unlocked for as long as it can be reasonable or strictly depending on settings, certain it's in your possession, challenging only When that state becomes uncertain so that sounds pretty incredible there's also these rumors about an iphone pro gruber over on daring fireball talks about this and it would probably make a great deal of sense following on from the fact the macbook line of laptops um, and ipads have a kind of pro version as well anyway we really do need a very accurate crystal ball for all of this stuff whatever we get the decisions on the hardware and the design were made around 12 to 18 months ago possibly longer why is this? Well, Apple ships millions of these new devices on the first few days after they go on sale and they have a second to none operation schedule and supply chain. And this is one of the things that Tim Cook excelled at before moving into the top job. So to have all of these devices ready, they are being made right now as I'm talking, as you are listening. So we've talked about the hardware, the software, the cool new features that might be coming. But i tell you what really scares me that's the price get saving boys and girls this baby is going to be some serious dollars especially in the pro guys and due to a certain decision made last year even more in pounds i'm going to try and stay off controversial topics but man what a mess okay that's enough of that so 1000 pound question and yes the iphone pro could be that much who's in are you going to buy one As you may know, I run an iPhone 7 right now and also an Android device, a OnePlus 3T, which is pretty damn good. They've just released the OnePlus 5, which looks on point and is packing some serious specs. Now, starting at £449, that's a very compelling option. But, of course, it doesn't run iOS. So, if you're going to be going for the new iPhone, whether that's the iPhone 8, the iPhone 8 Plus, or indeed the iPhone Pro, prepare to spend some cash. We shall see. So, let me know what you think. Ping me an email, john at johnmoss.co.uk or on Twitter. Are you going to buy the new iPhone? And what are you really looking forward to? What particular feature do you want? Now, some of you may know that I'm a big fan of nutrition and living healthily. I've um, transformed, I guess, my health over the past sort of five years, taking up cycling, I don't drink, haven't done that for 10 years, maybe more. Um, So I've slimmed down, I've gone from a, a 42 chest to a 38. My waist has gone from probably around a 36, maybe even a 37, to a 30 or a 31, depending on whether I'm lean or not and i'm feeling pretty good i'm getting stronger and fitter as i grow older i used to be pretty porky when working for a large company um and i was entertaining a lot and um, spending a lot of time eating out and i was drinking then and so yeah i wasn't very proud of my stomach i've always thought that a good way of thinking about how you feel in terms of your health and your shape and your weight is wait for this Whether you'd be comfortable standing in a shopping centre in your underwear. I know, pretty random, but let's face it, it cuts to the chase. Are you embarrassed about your physique or proud of it? Sadly, we seem to be in a world where there's just an epidemic of obesity and people don't take responsibility for their health. I am certain this is going to have to change in the future. Eat well and move more. Earth-shattering logic this is not. So when exercising, you also need to eat well and both before, during and after. And this is especially so with endurance sports like cycling, which I do a lot of. Now a brand that I found this year, I saw them first on Instagram where I seem to be finding more and more remarkable businesses and brands, is Velo Forte. Now their founding belief is that every rider, runner or someone exercising should have access to exceptional quality, delicious real food as part of their endurance nutrition. None of this kind of chemical nonsense. Mark and Lara Giusti launched Veloforte in the spring of 2016 and they haven't looked back. Velo Forte is actually based on an ancient Italian fortifier called Panforte which is a delicious blend of fruits, nuts and spices and a speciality of Siena in Tuscany. Panforte has been made by generations of the Giusti family and the recipe is a fiercely guarded secret. Mark and I caught up a few weeks ago and we talked about a load of great stuff, which I'm sure you're gonna find interesting. So what do we chat about? So we looked at how the business came about. We looked at the challenges of a startup selling a physical product. We talked about the marketing that really worked for him, a brand versus a product, the opportunity to challenge as a startup, the power of being small, testing in the real world, how he connects with customers and prospects, the advice he would give to a company that's growing, and the importance of the business plan and the investment plan. And also a little bit about the software he loves. So enjoy our chat. This is a great conversation with someone growing a really remarkable brand. Accessible, authentic, and useful. The Remarkable Business Show speaks to remarkable people. Right, well, we are sitting here in the office. I'm in good old sunny Hull and I'm delighted to be welcoming a new guest to The Remarkable Business Show and that's Mark Justy from Velo Forte. And for people who don't know Velo Forte, they are a new, exciting, natural food brand which is probably underplaying them slightly somewhat. So I'm going to ask Mark to say hi and explain exactly what they do. So Mark, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you, John. Nice to be
0: here. No, I really appreciate your time. So tell us a little bit about Velo Forte.
1: Well, Velo Forte was founded uh, whilst riding a bike, and it was uh, somewhere between Manchester and London. I was trying to decide why I was feeling so strong on a bike when I'm not, you know, a a born athlete or or a lifetime athlete. And uh, those around me were suffering with the typical sort of gastric discomforts that come from, you know, uh, normal on-bike nutrition gels and bars and so on. What I realised was that the food that I was making for myself, um, that has been part of my family for the very longest time, hundreds of years, was probably the culprit. And so somewhere along, I don't even know what town it was in, but somewhere between Manchester and London, um, the the idea was born to say, well, if it works for me, then let's see how we might make it work for others. And so we set about, I suppose, building the proposition we now have, which is a, a 100% natural endurance nutrition Um, is that that means no processing, no stabilizers, emulsifiers, all the kind of normal dehydrated processed rubbish that goes into what people call sports nutrition. Instead, we are just getting exceptionally high quality raw ingredients, you know, nuts, berries, honeys, syrups and so on. And bringing them together, and putting them into uh, a currently um, bar form. And they
0: are delicious. They are absolutely delicious. They are. The the good news is that
1: they are absolutely delicious. And we we currently have three flavours. There are more to come this year. Um, There's actually a whole load of things coming along the line. But yeah, they are all, uh, interestingly, they come, to the the heritage of this is that, you know, I think it was even earlier than the Crusades, there's, so way back, you know, thousands of years, there is documented evidence of, a food that's a speciality in uh, Italy called panforte, and panforte is from a town in Siena, uh, near Florence, and which is where my family are from historically. And it was a very originally a, a fortifying food that was, you know, designed and created for the legions to march wow. with um to you know give them power and energy with food that lasts forever and tastes delicious and it's stuff you can pluck off trees as you storm through Europe you know and from there um it was uh, you know as as uh, the romans moved through different regions they collected interesting new spices and herbs and uh, and it started moving from being a fortifier to becoming more of a delicacy you know it would be something that would feed the the Caesars rather than, you know, the troops over time. is over a very long period of time. And so that's why panforte now is the very beautiful and very delicate food that you find, and you, it tends to be eaten sort of seasonally as a sort of speciality of the area. But really, its humble beginnings are food to keep um, the marching uh, going. So we've taken and now that. keeps now keeps cyclists going. It does, and, and we're also we're going way beyond cycling too. It's uh, whilst our heritage and and our provenance is absolutely in cycling. That's where it started, and and where we have been focusing since the beginning. We're already uh, supporting racing drivers, tennis players, rowers, uh, hockey teams. Um, cyclists is still our, our I suppose centre of gravity really, but it isn't. It is the sort of food that it is 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 exceptionally powerful. Sustained endurance food. So anyone that is doing anything that you know over ninety minutes and into multiple hours, you can get a quite a a bang for your buck from our food compared to the the stuff that you normally find on the shelves.
0: I love what you do. It's one of the reasons why we kind of connected. And I said, you know, you're doing some fantastic stuff. I'd love to have you on the show. It's very nutritionally dense, almost, isn't it? You know, a bar really goes a long way. And I'm so I'm so pleased. I I said. A food brand at the at the top of the show because i suddenly thought is it a cycling brand and, and, it, and it, you've just explained it's not just cycling it's other sports as well yeah and
1: the i mean the simple point is that you know active lifestyles people doing endurance sports are on the up cycling has been leading the march for that in a very long time yeah. it's pretty much the largest consumer of mid-sport or you know food you need to keep yourself going because we all know what it's like to bonk on a bike and and that's a pretty, pretty miserable experience. So people very quickly realise they need powerful stuff. Um, they also quickly realise that typically the, the synthesised food that they buy tends to not agree with them. Um, you know, it, it does all sorts of strange things when you eat it in the sorts of volumes that are recommended. So people tend to go for self-make or they try to look around for natural alternatives. And you know, frankly, there really isn't anything that is as powerful, as dense, as delicious, as portable, as considered. Uh, and as refined as ours so yes it's um i think something that the 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 most common response we get is oh my god it's delicious i never expected sports food to taste like this and the second thing that very quickly is said is and blimey this works because the calorific content is pretty high 70 gram bars they're in around 290 ish calories some uh, just under 50 grams of carbs are very high in carbs, five or six protein, five, four or five fiber, depending on which flavor you have. Um, so they're very, very balanced, uh, focused on keeping you going. Um, and the three flavors are there yeah. deliberately to help you if you're you know, on a long day. The last thing you want to do is keep repeatedly eating the same sort of gloop. So we've designed it to be, you know, sort of keep your palate fresh, keep your legs going. Um, keep the morale up and that that's half of it
0: I'd agree and what have been the biggest challenges over the last sort of few years when you've been you know you've been a startup and now you're becoming more established what what, what would you say were the the challenges you've overcome interestingly um, we didn't even have a
1: product until June last year um so we're right we're, okay we're almost a year old um and uh people happy birthday well yes it was uh, literally i think it's either in the next couple of weeks or was a couple of weeks ago i can't remember but uh people think that we're much much more established than we are and so i think that's been part of some of our challenges that a a lot of the industry has been around a long time they sort of set the standards and the conventions and a lot of that is about sort of huge giveaways of packs of powder and pallets of gels and all sorts of things and taking over sports events and Logos and flags and all you know the, the expense you know to, to run these businesses tends to be pretty high we don't necessarily believe that that's how you need to go to market in fact we're influenced by brands that are much more about how they help people do the sport that they're trying to do in a better more refined I suppose more premium way uh, Rafa being a perfect example of a sort of cycling brand um, who sort of proved to everybody that Sartorial elegance, um, you know, uh, premium pricing, great experiences, content, yeah. and so on. We're all part of a brand story. And, I, and we are very much approaching things like that. We're very much a brand, you know, not just a product. And so that, I think, has been interesting for us that we are creating new ground there. So there's a challenge in that. But uh, it, it was, uh, in a sense, uh, trying to design our own path uh, that didn't have to compete uh, with the existing established approaches. And um, we found that it's been a great success so far. I know a long way to go, but so far, so good.
0: And I think you I think you've really got something there in terms of it's a product which is competing in a crowded marketplace, but it's not a me too product. It's, I would, I'd say you're almost a challenger brand. In terms of some doing something new and doing something really well and differently,
1: and and I think that's uh, the opportunity of the startup. You know, yeah. it is to say when you're launching your business, you if you can't do it at the beginning, if you can't turn around at the industry you're interested in with the products you want, and sort of say, well, we have an opportunity to do it in the way that we believe is better. Uh, so you being a startup, whilst it has all sorts of um, well revenue-based problems. Um, you don't have the limitations of established organizations. So you're you're kind of um, strangled and free all at the same time. So it is a challenge, but uh, it's one that when you are clear about where your compass heading is and you believe in your product and you know that your product can stand up to any criticism, then, you know, why not? Just see what happens is really the, the best advice I could give to anybody who's trying to launch their own business is... Uh, trust in your instincts, trust in what you believe is right and go because momentum is an amazingly powerful thing and you'll also be surprised how quickly people are prepared to help so many people uh, throw olive branches at you that you 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 know people you never even met before all of a sudden introducing you, helping you, getting you stockists, whatever it might be that kind of help doesn't tend to go towards larger more corporate companies so yeah, I'd advise people to to look for that and and uh, use that while they while they can.
0: That, that's that's really good to hear, and um, also the the marketing side of things. You you've got a great story as well, and I'm a massive believer in stories sell facts tell, and I think that that family background, the the Panforte recipe, and coming from Siena, it's yeah, it's something different, but it's not just fluff it's real
1: no no yes exactly i mean we we, we have so that the classico which was our first uh product uh, certainly when we were prototyping our products it was the one that we were focusing on first and um, that is a you know we've got it i still have it actually we've, we've, we haven't laminated it we've put it in a sort of a plastic sheet but it's um directly from a great great grandmother's um recipe book and uh we've obviously had to adapt the uh, ingredients slightly and we've made them much more about you know power and nutrition and um and and thinking about the format and the, the way you mix the food so that you can consume it easily you know at tempo and so on but the the, the fundamentals are uh, are very similar and uh and that's then Lara my wife who is really the brains behind the recipes and the food is also a, a multiple award-winning Panforte chef and uh, she's had great taste awards for her prior to this venture um, and so she understands the product implicitly. Um, she's also a heart-lung respiratory specialist so has great insights into, you know, recovery, performance, you know, physical ability, digestion and so on. And so, you know, when you bring the heritage, the ingredients, the recipes, the talent, the capability the opportunity for natural products in our market that is so dominated by uh, synthesized food you know we're i think all of those things are bringing our story together and helps us not just be blending into the rest
0: and it's not about that almost um old-fashioned marketing and advertising of just volume and noise having a having a terrific product and building a community of fans as, as seth godin says a tribe of people who love what you're doing is absolutely the the best thing to do totally and and,
1: and it's a strange uh, sort of blessing and a curse but Having no money as a, as a startup, from a marketing point of view, means that you you don't even consider doing reach and frequency campaigns. You know, there's no point in trying to sort of buy your way into the market, short of having millions of pounds to go and blow on marketing. Um, so you don't even think about that. Uh, and in fact, what you do is is what real people do, which is they talk to each yeah. other, <laughs> um, and you introduce them to. The, things and you you have something interesting to say and you yeah. you become part of the fabric of the way people live uh, rather than a, a conceit that's trying to sort of force its way in by shouting at you so uh, in a funny kind of way that's a it's a benefit of no yeah. budget
0: no that makes that makes a lot of sense so mark people listening want to try some delicious velo 40 where can you buy it
1: well we have um our own website which is velo um, and that's predominantly where we're building the business from and the, the bulk of our customers uh come to um we are we also it, within that uh are able to build a community uh you know do our events our exclusives we have our race teams and we put together some you know opportunities for people to be part of the brand as we were talking about before um so that's our focus yeah. but um retail is a is a huge part of how we get our story told and those partners have been immensely helpful for us and we will uh, continue to develop our retail presence we're currently in um i think 29 or 30 stores in the uk Uh, we have uh, we're about to um, put some into the us and canada interestingly um, and we're already we're in uh, rafa Copenhagen we have uh, one or two other um in other European countries which i'll mention another time um and uh, so it's just starting to you know get some good traction for us but the 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 start of all of this really was if i just sort of backtrack a bit was back in June of last year when we thought we had developed the the three products as really as prototypes uh, we wanted to you know, we were thinking, well, how on earth do we get it out to people? You know, how how do we find out what people think? Um, so quite literally, I stuck a whole load under my arm, and and we went to miorca We were doing, uh, I was doing two of the stages of the the Delaglio Cycle Slam, um, and so I thought, well, I'll feed it to a load of blokes on bikes, see what they say, and um, and we did, and it was incredible. I mean, we we never expected to get the response that we did. Uh, We didn't really know what they'd say. I mean, we knew we liked it. We knew it tasted good. And, you know, my mum said she liked it. So that was good. (laughs) But, um, you know, getting it out there and, you know, in anger, people, you know, climbing uh, Sakalabra and thinking, you know, what are they really going to say when they get to the top? You know, what are they going to say after doing a 3,000 meter day and 180K, you know? And so we were just overwhelmed. And so, something like eight days or so later, we we then went over to Ibiza and did some riding there. Um, Same again. And we, as we came back, we were really uh, given some great encouragement, and so we went to Sigma Sport in uh, Hampton Wick, a very well-known uh, bike tri store, um, and they were great. They just said, "Yeah, well, we want it. It's delicious, fantastic. Let's get started." So we started selling through there, really no, not knowing what to expect, and it just went mad. Uh, you know, we we literally couldn't make enough. Um, so we were suddenly presented with a, a whole host of opportunities. And then Virgin phones up, um, kind of out the blue, really, um, and says we're doing uh, an event called the Virgin Strive, which was from the Matterhorn to Mount Etna and create a huge event. It was 26 days top of Italy, well, uh, Switzerland through down, all the way down through Italy, down to the toe of Italy, swam across the Straits of Messina, um, rode up, uh, Mount Etna did a, and then did a half marathon wow. run to the summit. You know some insane thing, and um, there were something like four hundred odd participants, and we fed them exclusively from the Matterhorn to Mount Etna, um, and so for us was a, a experiment really uh, to you know how we we'd never had so many customers eat right. so much food in one sitting, you know twenty six days of it, doing such high tempo work, I guess, uh, and again it was just overwhelmingly positive, uh, positive. and coming back from that. We've had, or well, we now have to turn down uh, a number of the retail requests, and we've been able to focus our retail on the. I think what we people would regard as the finest uh, bike stores, cafes. In the uk so far and we so we're up in rond in um, edinburgh we're down gosh there's so many they're, they're on the website but we're, we have all the, the, the good stores that the london stores like Rafa, we have uh, pearson's we have sigma sport we've got viva velo we've got Velo house we have gosh, viva
0: velo's literally just down the road from me
1: yes they are uh, and a great shop and then and obviously we're going to giro we're now in athlete lab so there's a whole host of retail outlets and what we're finding is that people are going into their stores and genuinely the, the, our retailers are able to say, look, there's you know, genuinely something new and interesting has happened in the, in the nutrition market. It's no longer just the same old sort of silver and plastic foods that you might have bought before. Um, it's something that's, you know, that means something, that's trying to do something interesting and different. And as soon as people try it, we have a 96% conversion on taste. It's amazing. So, we're, yeah, it's, it's a huge part of what we want to do. So um, if you have a look at the website, either buy from us directly or if there's a retailer local to you, it will be listed there.
0: Very good. So, Mark, if um, someone who's listening and they're thinking, oh, my God, I've got this amazing idea, how do people – how did you take the idea of Veloforte and turn it into a product which is available now in multiple countries and people oh are God, enjoying it? Um, uh, all at once the, a simple and yet enormous question.
1: So what did we do? Yeah, I guess you've got two obvious points. Uh, you know, one is the product itself. You know, what is that? How are you going to make that? And then the other is the funding and the commercials uh, need to be true to support it. Um, <laughs> so much to say. Uh, the So the product part of it, obviously, if it's a software Product and that's got a certain set of requirements. Ours isn't. Um, ours is a sort of physical product. So we looked. You know, we built our prototypes. I mean, really, actually, there's great similarities. You know, certainly, from my past and building technology platforms and products, is you know, you go into prototyping. You go into very fast, sort of agile creation of your things. And that's true of making a um, a food product, as it is um, obviously different. But as it is of doing software. So. Some of the analogies are the same. Some of the expectations and the steps sound very similar. And we built out, we literally created our or baked and cooked up our our uh, product at home at first. And we, we would literally take it to friends and family. I mean, it was uh, very simple and very humble. And when we started to you know get the feedback and the customer testing and so on, that was a very natural and open and you know, it wasn't a forced or... Uh, contrived environments, which is literally hand somebody something, see what they do, and say we started to realize and get the confidence in the, the fact that our thinking was on you know was right um and then you have to look at the commercials quite quickly and you have to sort of say to yourself, Well, how are we going to go from you know spending a few hundred pounds a few thousand pounds here and there on just getting something together that people can try to then turning it into a business and investment is a part of that and what's probably the most helpful thing we've done is build a an investment strategy uh, and a commercial plan because the the questions you have to answer in the process of doing that so that you can gain investment are all of the fundamental questions. You know, what is it? What do you say? Uh, What isn't it? You know, what's the market size? What's the market opportunity? Uh, when are you going to go there? Who are you going to go with? You know, how are you going to do that? And so all of these very irritating questions are hugely important because they allow you to define for the first time, which of course you can change whenever you like, but you get the first expression of what you think is right. And we, I think in probably the, the latter months of last year, early months of this year, um, working very closely myself and Steve, who's RMD, Steve Marson, who joined the business at the end of last year, yeah. Um, having been an avid customer, by the way, that's a nice story in of itself. As he he ate it for 26 days, riding across Italy, and 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 said, you know, can we get together? So and Steve's passed his, um uh sort of 20 years in the bike industry, so there's loads of uh, crossover there. So he he's been an amazing addition to the to the team. But he and I basically sat down and designed over a course of a couple of three months what we believed that very serious investors would ask us. And we weren't necessarily looking to go and talk to various investors, but we were looking for how they thought, and that would help us make sure that our questions and our thinking was rigorous enough. Excellent. Um, so we built a deck. We um, were very disciplined about that, and that deck spat out a, a PNL, cash flow, and a brand strategy, and a name, and a proposition, and a go-to-market, and an audience, and all of those crucial things. Um, and you need to turn your your idea into essentially 10 slides that you could present to somebody who doesn't know you, um, who can see that you understand yourselves, your limitations, your opportunities, your benefits, um, your product, where it fits, where it doesn't fit, um, and what you think the commercial uh, opportunity for this business is and where you're going to start. Without that, really, everyone is left in a sort of best intentions environment and that runs out of money very quickly is, is the reality yeah so i guess it's, it's trying to think i don't know if, I've, if that's all made sense but um that's where we came from no, we, it has we knew we had a beautiful product we had to be as rigorous with our go-to-market as we were with our recipe otherwise we were too lopsided you know it's a
0: business after all
1: yeah if that's is that an answer no, that is uh, that's really helpful mark
0: great that's that's more than an answer thank you couple of last questions mark what are the plans for velo forte in the future if you can say anything at all yeah um world domination by the end of the year no the the the, 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 the important thing for
1: us in the very near term is that we can get the product into people's uh, hands and mouths. Yeah. um and so the focus is on providing people with truly exceptional quality food as best as we can then there will be by the end of the year some announcements on our product line excellent um, and there will also be some announcements in terms of some very significant collaborations which we will be launching with other um very well-known brands and some individuals too i mean we've started already with sarah's story we we're supporting her race team um exclusively and we have um the more Velo basso team who are in the tour series uh, this year for the first time, and we've been invited to be part of a number of other um, elites as well, um, as well as other teams and other sports too. So there's, there's quite a lot to announce over the, the
0: next few months. There's a lot going on.
1: There, there is, um, and then of course there's some international thinking about sort of European markets, and then that starts to put pressure on, you know, production and being a bit more of a, of a grown-up business. Uh, so a lot to get right. So far we've done that, and we we hope to continue to. But our our hope, I guess, would be that you know we would be the the natural uh, product of choice for endurance athletes. Um, I guess is
0: where we're heading. That's a really nice way to put it. So I, I'd I'd absolutely agree with that. And last question mark if. If I could say, have you spotted anything recently? It doesn't have to be cycling related, but any brand product or service that you've been super impressed with? And I asked this for all of the guests on the show because uh, it just interests me. And uh, I know we've chatted about, you know, the importance of brand as well and service and product. Is there anything you've that's really caught your eye recently? Mm. Well, um, God, there's so
1: much at the moment. I you know in another part of my life, um, I do or have up until recently been doing a lot of technology advisory and because my past has been uh, brand strategy, product service design, you know, and product market fit for tech businesses. So there's just a plethora of great products and services being designed. But interestingly, I I've sort of, when I, now that I'm kind of my own client, I have my own product, uh, how you are able to take your product to market has been a great focus for me. So I'd have to say that Shopify, the platform which we, our website, is built on. I mean, it's extraordinary. You're able to literally, you know, for a matter of, I think they're, I can't remember exactly, but I think it's about £20 a month, I think is their lowest um, monthly option. And you get a a fully functioning international, um, if not global, e-commerce web presence that's almost plug and play. As long as you've got some photographs and some copy, you can be a business in five countries in ten minutes. Um, It's the most amazing thing and of course you then get um, a load of apps that uh, are built in and around that ecosystem for businesses to manage their analytics or their distribution or their content or whatever it might be. So I think that's probably the one that it matters the most to me because that's basically the plumbing and the wiring of my business. and uh, so that's been I think that's a great choice. Yeah, it's been very interesting for us to, to learn that. And so it's I think it's also interesting because it has sort of democratized what was otherwise very complicated HTML requirements, the and, and developer requirements. And now we can work with developers very specifically on very high end services and that's part of something that uh I'll I'll suggest is, is our future as well and you'll be seeing a lot more of that soon. It allows you to run the business uh, rather than
0: try and find resources to get simple things done. Yeah, I, I, th- I think it's a fantastic platform. And, and funnily enough, um, Shopify were actually a sponsor of a previous show and um, had oh really? Had, yes, had um, uh, one of our guests, Kia Whitaker, who works on the Shopify Partnerships team in the UK. So um, he came on um, episode three. So if people are listening and want to know a little bit more about Shopify, have a listen and have a look at episode three with Keir. But yeah, it's, it's a great platform and, and one I'm uh, hoping to use uh, more in the future. So, Mark, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for having me. It's great to chat. It really, really enjoyed it. And uh, I really appreciate you coming on the show. And people who want to connect with you and Velo Forte, so VeloForte.cc and social media, what are the the channels you want?
1: Uh, They're all the same. So, at Velo Forte for Instagram, at Velo Forte on Twitter and VeloForte.cc on Facebook.
0: That is wonderful. Thanks again, Mark. I'll speak to you very soon. Thank you, John. The remarkable business show. So, lots of great learning there from Mark. Do say hi to them on Twitter and do try some. Their site is called VeloForte.cc. That's V E L O F O R T E.cc. The good news is that VeloForte have kindly provided a very special discount for you people out there. If you go to the site and on your first purchase of some delicious VeloForte, Just use the code REMARKABLE15 on checkout and that'll give you 15% off. So thank you very much indeed for that, Mark. Now, I've had some lovely messages about people are enjoying the show and that means a lot. So if you're one of those people, thank you. The spread of listeners really is worldwide with the most popular country being the UK and then the US and the most interesting being Panama. So big shout out to you over there in Panama if you are listening. I'm a really big believer in helping people and I'm here to help you guys as well. I've learnt a huge amount over the past 20 years in business, founding communities and helping organisations and brands and individuals with their marketing and technology. I've also discovered the really important things in life and business are often those that you simply overlook or completely miss. So I've written a really useful ebook for you and you can get this for free over at the slash newsletter no strings attached pop your email address and name in and you'll get the ebook immediately sent to your inbox so join the hundreds of other people who have already signed up and i've had a load of great feedback about it so i promise it's useful and entertaining i'll then send you a series of emails over the next few weeks giving you valuable actionable information and tips and I'm going to share a lot about what I've learned and wish I'd known sooner so check it out I think you'll like it it's the appleofmyeye.com newsletter goodness me time has flown and we are at the end of episode 5 so thank you very very much for listening I really appreciate your valuable time as always so the good news the no, great news is that I've got another five amazing people interviewed and ready to go so, Sean Blanc, Sean McCabe, also known as Sean Wes online, Tyler Kablasser from Cloud App, Brendan Dawes, Steve Layton, and also a couple more people up my sleeve, which I think you're going to love. So, let me know what you think of the show. Send me an email, john at johnmoss.co.uk. If you've enjoyed this episode or indeed any of the episodes on the show, please let someone know. Send them a message or an email or tweet about the show. You can share this episode easily by clicking the share link at the top of the page on Remarkable FM. if you're listening to this on the web or simply use your sharing function on the podcast app and ping someone a message and say, hey, have a listen to this. Thank you so much. I would be very grateful. Also, please leave an honest review for The Remarkable Business Show on iTunes or Stitcher. Ratings and reviews are super helpful, and they make a huge difference for the show's visibility. Anything you write, I promise I will read, and all feedback is great because I want to produce something that you really enjoy listening to, and provides a load of value as well. All that remains is to say thank you very much for listening, and until next time, enjoy life and make every single day count.
1: Don't miss the bulletin newsletter. Head on over
0: to www.theappleofmyeye.com/newsletter and sign up. You get a terrific free ebook too.